James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. James Shramko, welcome back to the beautiful waters of the Freedom Ocean. Isn't it lovely, Tim? It is excellent. And listeners, welcome back to Australia's most popular internet marketing podcast as quantified by the Apple iTunes store. And uh, James, this is probably the, the best way of, how would you summarise the show? I often summarise it at the start. How would you summarise what we do here? Well, I think the, the whole premise is Freedom Ocean is about uh, discussing internet marketing related topics. And it was pretty much born with you, Tim, asking me, James, all the questions about internet marketing. So it sort of started out as a Q&A and I think it's moving more into a d discussion because we're at episode 13 now and it would be fair to say that I think you, uh, you were able to answer some of your questions a little better now with the internet marketing thing. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> we're doing our job. We are. Yeah, absolutely. We have are. you run out of questions? No, no, I haven't. And if I do, the listeners have got plenty. So don't worry about that. There is many, many questions to come. Last episode, we covered um, sort of sales and copy and what it means to, to sell and engage with people. And uh, you shared a, an absolute ripper template or, or the, the bones of a ripper template, one of which will show itself in um, an information product in a couple of months' time. But um, if people were looking for a way to develop good sales copy, um, whether it be verbal or in video form or audio form, then I'd really recommend them going back to episode 12 and, and having a look at that, having a listen to that. Yeah, I'm going to broad brushstroke that, Tim. I'm just going to say, forget all the academia and the writing thing and the copywriting this and all of that. Ultimately, no matter what, when someone comes to your website, you want them to do something, whatever that is, just put some, some thought around how you're going to do that. It doesn't matter whether it's text or video or whatever. Just You've got to get the hang of this sales methodology of taking someone from where they're at now to where they should be, helping Correct. them do that. Correct. Now, this, this, uh, this podcast series isn't sequential. We jump around from topic to topic. Um, and today's topic is no exception because we are talking about something that is on the tip of absolutely, I'm sure, every listener's tongue, and that is the O word, James. Oh, I thought you were going to say Rebecca Black, Friday. <laughs> Who's Rebecca Black? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not. I, I'm not a big consumer of media outside of podcasts, let me tell you. Oh, dear. I think I'll leave that to the listeners. Oh, okay. That's, I'll go, that's I'll the go quote and Google of the episode. It. Who's Rebecca Black? Okay. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the O word. Well, the O word would be outsourcing. Right. Hey? The so O word would be questions the... questions about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. We, um, we share a lot of good quality information with our listeners, uh, explaining how to do various th parts of internet marketing, um, lifting the lid on lots of aspects of internet marketing, but there's the time when you have to do where you have to implement an action. And often um, what many people say is they either don't have, they lack the time or they lack the skill sets. So therefore, in steps outsourcing, yeah? So, um, and I know that your view on outsourcing and approach to outsourcing is different to maybe what our listeners um, expect to hear. 
And that's a good thing because there's no, once again, there's no silver bullet here. There's no one way of doing it. But maybe let's talk just broadly right now about what is outsourcing. Mm -hmm. And clearly it's going, uh, putting out the, uh, the feelers into the world. That's what I love about outsourcing, into the big wide world, looking for good people to be part of your virtual team. Yeah, I think there's, there's a few different aspects to it. Um, team is one way to look at it, and that's certainly my preference, is building a team. Some people think when you say outsourcing, they're thinking task sourcing. So we should clarify the difference between task sourcing or uh, building a team, because most people listening, I, I think they're going to be wanting lots of tips and tricks on task sourcing. And I'm not really qualified to, to teach you anything about that. I prefer to locate a recurring service that I can continue to use and build a relationship with so that I consider them as almost like a team member, even if they're a separate company and even if they're on a contract basis. But I like to build up a team of suppliers around me who can share the load because A, I can't do everything, B, I don't want to do everything. But if you want to scale your business and make it hugely profitable, there's only so much you can do by yourself. So you do have to look to external places. Let's talk about task sourcing. And clearly that's about finding someone to do something for you, one off. Pretty much, yeah. That would be uh, top and tail for a, a podcast episode or a, An article a one-time logo. Or a logo, yep. Yep. And then there's other things that you'll be using over and over again. If you're going to be doing something a lot, a lot of the time, then you start thinking about, should I hire someone full-time to do this, a full-time contractor, or should I find a service who specialises in this that I can use over and over and over again? And both of those approaches are valid, and there are pros and cons for, for having your own team in-house you know, in, in and then outside and a lot of big companies use outside supply contracts with telecall centers mate they've been doing it for forever they have I mean, it's, this is... it's really just become i think was popularized probably by timothy ferris in the four hour work week that's definitely where i started thinking about having a virtual assistant and from that thought it developed into hiring one even though i wasn't sure if i'd have enough to keep her busy mm -hmm. but it sort of snowballed from there yeah, right. So is that how you actually started? Is it you actually thought, you know what, I'll go and find myself a, a VA, a virtual assistant, and um, give her some things that you didn't want to do, and then over time you just managed to fill those, those, those um, excess hours? It's not really how I started. I've only, I only did that about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Uh, before that, I started identifying leverage points in my business, things that I'm doing over and over again that I shouldn't be doing. It's sort of, I actually call this my Richard Branson thinking. It's, it's like, would Richard Branson do this? Richard Branson wouldn't be sitting there writing an article. I'm telling you right now, that's not what he would be doing. So I, I figured I need, to, I need to get someone else to do this because I'm going to continually be writing articles as long as I have websites. Now in my own business, we, uh, we are writing a lot. We are writing hundreds of articles every month, pro probably even a thousand, who knows? I probably know, but I wouldn't say anyway. Yeah. But the thing is, I can't write a thousand articles a month. It would be impractical. So I actually have a whole team of writers in, in my business who do that every day. That's what they do.
but before I had my internal team, what I did is I actually found someone who was good at writing and I trained her to be an internet writer from scratch. And then I recognised that she was going to be too busy writing just articles for me, so I encouraged her to hire her own team under her and build a business around it, which she did mm -hmm. and was very successful at. And then she expanded it into press releases and uh, writing magalogs and other written type documents. So that, has, um, that was how I started. I started finding the things that I shouldn't do, couldn't do, didn't want to do, and started finding other people to do them. But I used the same supplier over and over again. I still have this person write articles now and we're talking about, I'm guessing, maybe four years. Uh, my original designs, I recognised that I suck at Photoshop. So I asked a friend of mine who was a designer called James Dyson to design... Who we talked about in the last my episode. Logos and templates, yeah. Okay. And most of my figurehead products are James Dyson designs. Mm -hmm. And it was through that relationship that I ended up helping him build his business with his optimised press. Okay. So I took on the designer from the UK, I took on my article writer from Sydney, and then another, th another thing that really helped me was I wanted to speed up my web development process. I was building all my own websites, and I spoke to a friend of mine who's a programmer, and I actually had him program a tool that would speed up the time it took me to build a website. So whilst I didn't outsource that task to anybody, I outsourced it to a, a machine, to a system, to a software program. So the key points with outsourcing, I think, that really need to come up. Firstly, should you be doing it anyway? Mm -hmm. um, can you eliminate it or stop it altogether? Because that's the best thing of all. If you don't have to do it, stop doing it. Secondly, if you do have to do it, can you automate it somehow using software or buy something that speeds it up? And that's why we use a lot of tools in our business. We use a lot of software to leverage our effort. And thirdly, can you delegate it? You know, who else can you get to do it? And I started taking on all these corporate clients and I didn't want to do all the SEO for them directly, so I started contracting different suppliers. And I went through about seven different companies to find the eventual supplier. And that was so good that I actually built a business around it and then um, started telling them what I really want them to do and modifying the processes and and actually training them on my techniques and uh, building a strong business around it. So I basically started ar around finding individual suppliers who specialize in that thing that could continue to supply that service. So that's what I did with design, articles, press releases, search engine optimization, and then I moved into web development, exactly the same thing. And here's the funny thing, Tim, to this day, I have still never ever used Odesk, Elance, uh, Jobstreet, uh, any, of, any of their Fiverr. I've not used a single one of those popular outsourcing places. All these directories where you can go and find people to do jobs. Apparently for you. you can and, yeah, okay. and hire them and monitor them. And so where did you find your first, per first person? Which one? Yeah, well, who was the, the, the who article was writer? Uh, yeah. Or the designer? The designer I found in the Warrior Forum. In which forum? The Warrior Forum. Okay. He was um, actually a client of his, had bought a template package and came to me and asked me if I could convert them to Excite Pro, which was software that I was selling as an affiliate. And I actually 
looked up the designer, I found him in the Warrior Forum, and I sent him a private message and I said, listen, one of your clients wants me to convert these templates. Uh, firstly, do I have your permission to do that? Because they're your templates and I don't want to infringe upon that. And secondly, these are the most stunning designs I've ever seen. Uh, would, there, would you like me to convert them all to Excite Pro and sell those templates as Excite Pro templates and cut you in as a 50-50 partner on it? You don't have to do anything except say yes. And he said yes. <laughs> and we built a website together called Excite Profit and we set up a video sales page four years ago with a name capture giving away free logos and we built a list of thousands of people. And from that original joint venture, uh, we went on to do lots of projects together and we, we both have built successful businesses. So that was how I found my first person. I, th I think one of the things with outsourcing, and I'm guilty of this, is to look at it and go, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going to outsource and therefore go to a site like an Elance or an Odesk or a Fiverr or whatever it may be and then go, methodically go through the process of finding someone, whereas really um, outsourcing, and often someone overseas. Which well, you're is, basically really, becoming an HR manager. Yeah, which is not really the criteria. The criteria shouldn't be, I want to find someone overseas for this job because they might be cheaper or they might be working in a different time zone, so they're up while I'm asleep and vice versa and I'll get turnarounds quicker and things. That's, that is not clearly the criteria. It's about, for, for me... It's been about finding the best player, the best A player in the world for the job that I have that I need doing. Well, that, uh, that makes sense. At, at a price that is often not what you're going to pay locally, and that just that just seems to be how it pans out. Yeah, well, I, I've seen people publish guides on outsourcing, and I read them, and it it really makes my blood boil uh, for a few reasons. One is someone will spend two or three hours looking for a five dollar job on Fiverr. And I think, what are you doing? You could have just written it yourself in one hour. But it is fun going through Fiverr. <laughs> is it? I wouldn't know. I don't waste time on yeah, stuff like that. Well. You see, I don't think people place a value on their time and their task sourcing everything. They, they really, they've approached business from how can I save money? And I can tell you, you will only ever save 100% of your costs at the most. True? Mm -hmm. So if you have $100,000 a year in sales, and you save 100% of costs and your costs are $100,000, then the most profit you can make is 100,000. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong approach. You should be thinking, how can I make more profit? How can I make more sales? It doesn't matter if your costs are $100,000 if you're doing 500,000 in sales, because now you've made a $400,000 profit. So it's always easier to actually leverage your business up than it is to reduce costs. So don't task source or outsource because it's going to save you money. Do it because it's going to make you money. Do it so, so that you can leverage that purchase. So you take a $10 article and you put it on a website and sell $20 worth of affiliate commission, now it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And how many of those articles would you get? That's why I might get six, seven, eight hundred articles a month out onto my websites because I'm gonna leverage them into six, seven, or eight thousand dollars in affiliate sales. So I think just a different mindset around this would be good. And, and I've seen these people publish guides when they have no clue how to manage people or manage tasks. Mm. They don't run successful businesses. The ones that they set up crash and burn 
And then they're out there teaching other people all these U-Butte hiring and task sourcing strategies. And they're celebrated because it teaches people how to save money and save costs. But it's not going to build a business that's profitable. Yeah, I think too, one of the things that I've seen with people who are successfully outsourcing is that they really do treat it as a team and build a camaraderie and you know have people there that are genuinely then going to think about your business and how to increase profits, how to increase sales. And, you know, um, even myself with, with people I outsource to, you know, rewarding them for a job well done, not necessarily incentivising them for incentivising sake, but just knowing that, hey, you guys, it doesn't matter where you are, you're part of a team, this is my vision. And I know you, I mean, you have a, a daily meeting that you choose whether to go into or not with your outsourcing team, but there's a real connection there. And I think, once again, if you do it on a task basis, you're not going to get that. You know, you're going to get a task done. Whereas if you do it on a more long-term basis... Well, just some basic stuff like treating people like a human being will get you a long way. Mm -hmm. There's a whole racket of people who go to those sites and get people to trial jobs and don't pay them. And they don't like foreigners and they rip them off <laughs> mm. because they're sick of being abused. So that's why they'll tend to take on multiple jobs and not come back to people with the work done. That I've never had that happen to me, but I hear people saying that, that this happens and I think it's because they've been poorly treated. And if you're not going to those job boards and if you're not dealing with, with people in that environment, you can sidestep that whole drama. Mm. I mean, I often joke, but I seriously think one of the best ways you could hire somebody, because someone's going to ask this, is to phone up one of the large corporations that, you know, like Dell or, uh, in our case, Telstra. You will get someone in the Philippines on the phone yeah. and you could just ask them if they're happy in their call centre job, and I bet you they're not. Probably three-quarters of my team worked in American call centres. Yeah, right. And they worked at night. If they were late to work, they'd get locked out of the building and they got paid pretty shitty wages and they were treated like rubbish. And they had plaques on their wall that said, um, you should be happy because there'd be someone else more than happy to sit at this desk. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, when you start to factor in the... This whole inhumane treat people like robots thing that's going on in the outsourcing language, it's wrong. It's, you, you know, you wouldn't treat animals like that. Why would we do this to humans? So when you think outsourcing, don't think this is a, this is a job function, this is a, this is a profit task for me. I mean, you can. You know, I've seen people create whole products around, you know, you setting up your human factory and all of that. I just think it's wrong. It, it, it makes me upset and saddened as a human to think that people mm. feel that way. I think you can get so much more from developing a real team with real humans. These people have children. They have families. They have bills to pay. If you reward them and look after them and, and are compassionate and you share, you'll have a relationship that, that you hardly even find in a Western uh, company. You know, a, a culture that is beyond comparison. You become um, almost a family member with these people and the, the amount of respect and performance that comes is indescribable. And especially if you go and meet them face to face and look them in the eye and give them a, a hug. Uh, these people who are building your business, that is when things go to the next level. Do you, do you think it is um, about outsourcing um, outside of, in our case, Australia, 
outside of the country in which you live. Is that is that for you? I mean, I know the majority of the people that you outsource to are overseas. Is that um, is there a reason for that? I don't really mind where they're from. I, I have people all around the world. I have about sixty people in India. I have uh, lots of people in the Philippines. I have uh, most of our web development stuff is the United States. I mean, our currency is strong here. They they've got great English in the United States. Yeah, they do. Mostly good. They they butcher a few words. Yeah, they do. But they are too very, many Z's instead of S's. But we'll excuse yeah, them for that. Well educated um, and massive unemployment rate and their and their economic uh, climate means that our work is good work. So I don't care what country they're in. My designers in the UK. So I have people all around the world, and it doesn't matter. I'm like you. I want to get a good person for the job that, is, uh, that allows everyone to win. They've got to be happy doing the job. I've got to be happy that I can take that job and then still make a profit on top. And there's some countries that are better than others for certain tasks. If, if you're looking for programming, then you might find uh, Eastern Europe is going to be a good country for that. You know, the Russian programmers are great. I've had some great work. I mean, I, I think I've said before, my, my best designer is Serbian. And, yeah. you know, talk about a passion for creativity, um, great understanding of the whole design thing. Um, English, you know, not so good, but we get by. Uh, productivity, they're, they're just, they're so grateful too to get the kind of work that we give them. And I don't say that in a condescending way. It's just, I guess we have more opportunities than, than they have at the kind of work that we give them. So I, I'm getting some great results out of Eastern Europe. Um, but then I've got a great article writer in, in the States who, as you say, I mean, sometimes you think, oh, maybe the States aren't up for it because they're going to be too expensive. Well, not in my experience, not at no, all. No, there's, there's plenty of people who will do good work at at good rates and remember my whole business philosophy is not about trying to find the cheapest person I, I pay all of my team members above the industry average and I don't mind one bit they're, they're worth it and I bonus them and I buy things for them I, I really want to share in their success because they drive the business and the great thing is when you have that communication and you're open with them, you can, tra you can translate your vision of the business in clear detail. I have no problem telling my team what the financial goals of our business are or how our profit is driven in each department and which jobs are making us the money. Uh, because as long as they know that, it helps them to help the business because they understand how it works. And I found one of the, the best techniques is to tell them what result you want, but you don't necessarily have to tell them how to do it. How to get there. It's like, like a designer. How am I going to tell a designer how to design a logo? I wouldn't have a clue. I might have a vision of what I'd like it to be, uh, maybe colours or... Some references. Yep, but I don't know how to do it. That's what they do. That's what they do well. And let them be artists. Let them express themselves. Let them find their passion. So we're also quite big on having our team members align themselves with their passion. They all start off in general training and then they tend to develop into their areas of specialty, whether it's design or copy or uh, video production, article writing. We, we tend to start off that way and then as we get more specialised, then we can specifically hire for those roles. Do you often find, that's interesting, because sometimes I think, oh, I've got to find someone who is an article writer. No. Uh, versus I've got to find someone who maybe has a broader skill set 
and may over time show an interest in WordPress or article writing or design or... I think one of the huge mistakes people make is they're hiring skills. I don't want to hire skills. I want to hire attitude. I want the person. I want them to be... I want them to, to like turning up to work. I want them to love the people they work with and feel proud of what they're doing. And I'm happy to teach them the skills. I've, I, not one single person in my team knew anything about internet marketing or anything technical, nothing about WordPress, articles. Uh, some of them played with videos and photoshops, uh, the designers, for example, that's fine. Uh, but the, the technical people never heard of plugins or whatever. You can teach them all of that stuff. There's an abundance of training. So what, what were you employing up front? What were you looking for when you were employing? I was employing a person who was in, intelligent and passionate and had integrity and was enthusiastic and wanted to, to have challenges and, and, and enjoy work. So and how do you make the judgment call on those attributes? Because they're quite, um, they're not very, um, what are they? They're not rational attributes. Soft. Yeah, they're soft attributes. So how do you actually- Talk to them. Yep. Yeah, you talk to them, you, you get them on Skype. You ask them to put together a little project, which you pay for. In this case, I asked them to put together a PowerPoint presentation on a specific topic and I see what comes back. You can tell a lot from that. You know, if you set a, a, a project, okay, I want you to prepare a, a PowerPoint presentation on the topic of puppy love or whatever, you know, let them go away and see what they, see what pictures they put, see what font they put, see if the story makes sense or whatever. Like it's fascinating to see how, the, how they come back with it. Mm -hmm. We now in our team, we actually have an HR department and they do an English test. They do a, um, a basic comprehension sort of thing because you know, we don't want to be mopping up messes with our articles. Mm. And we have an interview process in the team, two separate people, and then uh, with me if I want. And uh, they, they prepare a dossier and they get references. It's, it's all the stuff they learnt in the call centre. Yep. I didn't have to teach them any of that stuff, just a little bit, just a few things from the, uh, the, the, you know, the management world that I came from, I was able to tell them some of the ways we do things here, which quite different, very different. <laughs> you can ask some crazy questions in other countries, <laughs> like um, marital status and uh, living status and all this sort of stuff. We, we don't obviously ask them in, in the Western society, it's illegal to ask half those questions. But when I saw all those questions on the form, I'm like, are you kidding? We yeah, actually asked yeah, this. Yeah. Um, not that I'm really that interested in it, but the, the point is when you combine some of the philosophies from the great resources um, that are available to, to us as managers and big business people with some of the localised things, I mean, they know where to find people. They do word of mouth. They mm. hang out with people. I don't mind hiring husbands and wives and cousins and sisters and aunties because they're all like family. They're, they're loyal and friendly and talented. One of the things that comes to mind too with outsourcing and what I love about it is that um, sometimes the, the downside of testing something isn't too, isn't too bad. So, you know, you might do a few hundred bucks by going and tr getting some, a, a website created or some copy written or something designed or, or some SEO stuff done. Um, yeah, but you've tried it and, you know, not only have you tried it, if it doesn't work, then there's the opportunity to fix it. Whereas sometimes when you do it locally, you can actually do some, some serious dough. And I, once again, I know it's not about finding the $3 an hour employee, 
but often it's, it's a much more cost-effective way of doing it. And, and I just think that sometimes there are things you want to try that if you did locally, you just can't do it because it's cost prohibitive. But if you do it, if you go and outsource it to the world, then you may well surprise yourself and, and, and develop a whole new part of the business that you never thought possible. Well, many of our business divisions didn't exist before. We found out that people are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And we've expanded into areas that, that utilise their skill set and, and their passion. Mm. A lot of them will bring skills to the table that they don't tell you about until you dig deeper. Yeah, well, that's and gee, that's exciting, isn't it? I mean, you don't know that's going to happen. You only hope it does. But uh, particularly, and, and you know, those people want jobs. Uh, and once they've got the job and they've got the confidence, you know what I mean? I've, I've got a, an employer now that you know I'm here for the long haul. To then be able to express, hey, you know, I'm really interested in a particular area and develop it up. And look, there are there's some great products out there that if you want to teach someone you know, WordPress, then, I mean, I, I don't know WordPress. I, I, re, I rely on other people to, to know how to do WordPress, but I know that there's products out there that... Yeah, well, you just buy, a, you buy a product and you ask the product owner if you can give it to your team. And sometimes you need to get a multiple user licence, and that's okay. But there's all sorts of applications and tools that you can use to, to help run your team and manage the resources you need to manage that are set up for this sort of thing, like multiple user logins and um, sharing Dropbox on the team setting. And Basecamp Mm -hmm. is great. You know, those sort of tools are designed for bringing together a bunch of people. You can even use those tools with external suppliers who you want to port into your company as if they're in your company, but they're not. Yep. Yep. Um, Now, James, you said you weren't into those sites like Elance and and, uh, Odesk, etc., but really as a starting point for many people listening, they may, they may well be their gateway into finding out sources. So uh, just touching on them, one, one thing that I have used with, particularly I use Elance more than the others, um, in writing the brief on those sites, I think what is really important is that you're really clear as to what you're looking for. You set the expectations of what's on offer, whether it is one-time work or whether it is a, an ongoing employment opportunity or whatever it is. Um, but I, f- I find a real kicker is where you actually say you are going to um, identify the top three people who put in a proposal and set them a task and it'll be the same task uh, and you'll pay for that task to happen. And that way you're getting three solutions sent back to you where you can compare apples with apples and people are getting paid for that. So you, it's, not, it's not looking as though you're trying to get work done for free. Um, and then it's very, very easy to see, to compare the apples with apples, who's turned it around the quickest or who's really put the effort in, who's gone to exceptional presentation lengths, um, whose English is better or what, whatever those criteria are. I find that being really handy. And a little tip that a colleague uh, shared with me was to also in there, put in um, a weird question. I don't know whether we've spoken about this before, but it might be, you know, what's your favourite colour or, you know, what's your favourite football team? And you tell them, I'm asking you this because I want to... And you put that question at the end of the brief um, because you just want to make sure that those people are reading the entire brief and it's not some kind of bot. Well, that's why I think John Reese many years ago said, just put a unique refer in there. So when you reply back, please reference X, Y, Z. Yep. You know... Everyone's ripped that idea off. Yep. He also recommended that you tip the person if they do a good job, pay them a little extra because no one does. 
and take them out of the system as soon as you can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, th I would say um, you don't have to go to those places if you don't want. A really good resource for finding people who are good at stuff would be forums. Mm -hmm. Because forums tend to have very passionate groups of people who know what they're talking about on the topic. And there'll always be one or two people in a forum who answer every question on a particular topic. Yeah, this. And, uh, you know, when, when I bought my coffee machine recently, my wife went to the coffee forum. It's called Coffee Snobs. And there's a guy there answering every single question like the techno expert. And so she, she actually got the phone number for him. We rang him up and said, what coffee machine do we get? And he talked to me for an hour. <laughs> Loved it. Expert coffee guy. Yeah. And I knew I was in good hands because I already seen the, the proof in the forum. I know he's an expert. And you could do the same with design. You could do the same with writing. I would have felt as if there was, say I went to a design forum. Now, let's say I'm looking for a writer. So let's say I went to a writer's forum and there was one person answering every single question. To me, that's like you've got too much time on your hands or you've got, you know, where's your focus? Is it in generating business for your own, work for your own business or you just want to spend time on forums? Yeah, but I'd say that to you. If you've even got the time to go to a forum because you have to hire a writer, then you haven't leveraged your business yet either. Mm -hmm. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. I do it once to find the team leader and they do all that stuff from then on. Yep. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, so I'm going to touche you on that. No, fair enough. And look, most writers, God bless them, are not great at running their business. That's why they, they're, they're writing for a living. Well, we spoke about that in the previous episode, didn't we? Touched yeah. on it anyway. So they do go to, I mean, people waste hours and hours and hours in forums. Mm -hmm. And there's a valid reason to be in a forum to generate business. I, I think it makes sense for a writer to be in a forum where people pay for writing to go and answer some questions and carry their signature file because mm -hmm. it's a demonstration of their ability mm -hmm. and it's right in the heart of their targeted audience. That's how I instructed my friend who became a writer to start her business. By being active in a forum. Yeah, and she got all her customers from the forum. Mm. Uh, in the beginning, uh, she built her whole business off forum traffic. A forums, I, I'm not a, I don't go to a lot of forums. I spend a bit of time in uh, a domain name forum. But um, other than that, I don't, it's not kind of top of mind for me to go, oh, I better go and go do a Google on a forum around a particular topic. Um, they're pretty active places, are they still? Forums, forums to me are one of the most underutilised techniques for market research, traffic, uh, for selling things. I go to forum every single day. Mm -hmm. And I have generated so much revenue from forums, from my signature file, I get backlinks to my website. I'm marketing to the most passionate, interested target audience possible. Mm -hmm. But I also know the players in the forum and forum owners are very well connected people. They know everybody. They see all the data. They know what's going on. Yep. Uh, they're a great resource, totally overlooked. I mean, that's a good example. I used a forum to buy a coffee machine. If you want to buy anything, go and research forums. They'll tell you every single product that sucks They'll tell you every single product that's great. They'll be discussing it, debating it, sharing their user experience, telling you what's missing from it. It's a minefield of uh, information that once you have a few basic ways to sort through it, um, you can cut to the chase for anything. I'll give you a tip. Use the search tool. The search tool in, in, the, in the forum. If you go yeah. to a forum, and if you went to the Warrior Forum and you start searching for writing terms, 
like article or cost for articles, you'll pull up a, a mine of threads that have writers in them debating how much articles should cost. And then in their signature file will be, you know, X articles for X dollars. You can click on the links and go and look at their sales pages. Within half an hour, you've researched all the writers who are active in the market. Um, what is the Warrior Forum? The Warrior Forum is an internet marketing forum. Okay. Run by? Alan says, mm -hmm. and it's free. And there, there are um, writers, copywriters, um, tens of thousands of desperate people who are unable to make a single dollar online, debating crap. Uh, and then there's some, you know, some actual experts do surface in there or operate under pseudonyms. Mm -hmm. But it's got a good product review section. And any internet marketing product that comes out, there'll be people discussing it in the product review section. I always go and look there when I see a new product come out and I have a look and see what people are saying. They'll, you know, they'll save you making a mistake. Mm. Well, I reckon that's a pretty good wrap on um, outsourcing. Um, if people were expecting a long discussion around Elance and all those other ones, <laughs> then I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but I had to go there because it, it is where my, my headspace is at. Um, although I do agree that certainly once you've found someone good, um, it is always the best place to start is to ask them if they know anyone else. And I've had great, great um, success in that. Um, but the forums is a good pickup. I'm Very just going to summarise it with, look, try and employ a service or a contractor who specialises in what it is they do. You know, like that's how I've built whole businesses around SEO and websites and reputation management. We just do those things. The team that does that just does that and we do it well. And it's easy for someone, they're paying per unit of whatever they're ordering and they get a consistent supply because we've already done the homework, the research and everything else. It's much easier to hire a service than a single person. If you are serious about building a business, think about getting some team members, but make sure that you are going to be a good leader and that you can lead your team. People don't leave businesses, they leave bosses. So if, you're, if you suck as a manager, don't hire people full time, it's not fair on them. Mm. So brush up on your leadership skills. And if you do have people, treat them like humans, look after them, give them some guidelines, tell them what your vision is and have them work with you and you'll be amazed what they can do. Yeah, good points, good points. And think like Richard, uh, Richard Branson, okay? He's not doing the small stuff. Sir Richard to you. Sir Richard Branson. He's not doing the little jobs. He's thinking the bigger stuff. So you don't want to be bogged down in task sourcing your $5 jobs every day. That is ridiculous. There's a huge amount of leverage to be had, isn't there? There is. Hire someone to do the $5 job task sourcing. Yeah, good point. The five bucks. <laughs> James, thanks, mate. Listeners, um, if you haven't already, um, please go to freedomotion.com not free demotion or free to motion, but at freedomocean.com and uh, sign up, sign up, because that way you will be the very first person to know when a new episode of the show comes out. You will get a free transcript of every single show to highlight and scribble on while you're swinging in your hammock between palm trees. And every now and then you'll get a little um, something special uh, sent to you from James and I that we think is of high value in helping you grow your internet marketing business. So that's freedomotion.com. And James, until next time, I think we've got some uh, pretty interesting... In fact, our next show, I think, I think 
is a listener question. Oh, listener question. Bring it show. on. Bring it on. Bring that on. We've got lots of them. So uh, until then, see you, mate. See ya. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 